Supply chain managers are special people. On a good day, they spend their days in a complex and dynamic environment. On a bad day, they and their teams can spend many hours and invest tremendous efforts to fight the fires that arise anywhere in the world. During the recent global pandemic, we've seen the level of unpredictability increase even more. That's why the best organizations have a resilient supply chain and great leaders running them. Today, I'm with Jeff Trammell, Director of the Supply Chain Management Institute at the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee's Lubar School of Business to talk about this topic of supply chain resiliency. Thank you, Jeff, for being here today. To start off, can you talk a little about how you define supply chain resiliency and what it's comprised of? Thanks, Mike. Yeah, to me, supply chain resiliency is uh, the robustness or strength of a supply chain against disruptions. And those disruptions in many forms take place every day. That being said, every organization's supply chain is different, uh, really depending on the products and services that they're trying to provide to their customers. And resilience isn't a yes or no thing. Rather, it's a degree question. That is how much and to which disruptive forces are my supply lines robust or are they not? The recent global pandemic was a once in a century occurrence, but it's been altering the way that supply chain leaders think about their future. Among our Supply Chain Institute partners here at the Lubar School, we're really seeing and hearing three capabilities as being critical to what I've just talked about in terms of supply chain resilience. Those three are, number one, a capability to sense or see supply chain events and, or disruptions as they're occurring. Number two, a capability to analyze what's happening and to implement quick, corrective course adjustments to the events that, that they're being seen. And last, third, the organization's capability or their willingness to evolve and adapt to technology kinds of changes. So I'll talk about those in a little more detail. First, let's talk about visibility and sensing. We all know how much uh, and how fast digital technologies are evolving. A recent Gartner Group survey of over 250 supply chain leaders showed that only about a third, 30 to 40 percent, I don't remember the exact percentage, we're using digital technologies most or all of the time to monitor their supplier, manufacturing, or even logistics lines and disruptions to those movements. In today's fast-paced environments, supply chain professionals really need to rely on well-developed and implemented technologies to give them as immediate and clear visibility to supply chain events and disruptions as they're occurring. By 2023, the Gartner Group estimates that over 50% of global supply chain enterprises will have invested in real-time visibility kinds of technologies, but a lot of work remains for supply chain teams yet today for that area in the future. Second, once those supply chain alerts have been received, supply chain professionals need to analyze and evaluate what those signals are telling them. They can then formulate an optimal response or course correction to whatever issue has arisen. In addition to formulating the correct game plan, those supply chain teams need the ability and authority to decide and act quickly. There just isn't time today to allow for slow, multi-step decision-making levels. And I'm not advocating rash decision-making, but what we're seeing among winning supply chain organizations is the use of technologies such as artificial intelligence, machine learning, and others to help analyze and discern quickly what's going on from the signals that the system is telling the professionals, and then quickly and accurately decide how to respond. In addition to technology, those same organizations are working to define authorities throughout their supply chain organizations and teams 
as close to the action as possible to allow their teams to decide and implement quickly so that time isn't lost implementing what is a good plan. To that point, and I don't recall where I read this, uh, a recent survey of supply chain leaders and directors versus their supply chain professionals in those same organizations reported that roughly 75% of directors of supply chain report that they're an agile organization, but only 35% of those same organizations working level professionals said they thought they were agile. So that 40% difference was reported as statistically significant from the study that I was reading. And it was really kind of startling because the respondents were coming from the same organizations. So 75% of the leaders thought things were moving in an agile fashion, only about a third of the professionals thought so. To me, that clearly shows that the organizations either need more communication or more data sharing of, of the truth from a strategic and tactical point of view, so that their understanding of what the organization needs to or considers agile is better understood by both working level professionals and team members in the organizations and their leaders. And third, let's talk about adaptability. Adaptability is the third critical uh, capability we've been hearing partners talk about. And that's really the cultural element of an organization to enable supply chain preparedness. To survive in the future, our partners are talking about supply chain leaders needing to be constantly surveying the latest technology breakthroughs helping keep their teams up to date, team skills and talents, and they should be willing to adapt their strategies to the changing world conditions around them. Failing to do so will result in them being left behind. Adaptability has mostly to do with the good leadership principles that many of us know about and aspire to, such as assessing our customers' changing needs and our supply chain processes, weaknesses and strengths, setting and communicating an effective vision for the future, and coaching and training our team members for tomorrow's challenges so that we enable our teams to do the best work. I really like how you've distilled supply chain resiliency into sensing, analyzing, and adapting. Last year around this time, we learned the supply chain for things like food, paper products, and cleaning products were so efficient, they were unprepared for such an extreme increase in demand. These supply chains have adapted nicely, and with more and more people getting vaccinated each day, many people feel the supply chain problems are over. Yet we're now hearing about shortages of things like microchips, exercise equipment, and even ketchup. The recent blockage of the Suez Canal and lack of ports for container ships is also wreaking havoc on supply chains on the seas and in just about all industries. This will almost certainly lead to problems very soon on the ground. With all this chaos, how can supply chain leaders prepare themselves, their teams, and their organizations to be more agile and adaptable? So Mike, that is indeed the million dollar question that you've just posed. And, and let me try to answer it in the kind of the three parts that you've posed it. First, I would say around supply chain leaders and preparing themselves. They need to spend time acquainting themselves with various developing technologies and the application of those technologies to their supply chains. And this should really start with a deep knowledge of this, their own supply chain weaknesses, opportunities, and their strengths. Supply chain leaders need to be periodically assessing their supply lines for vulnerabilities and encouraging their teams to speak up, highlight gaps that they see, and to define and request potential projects to strengthen weaker areas of the supply line. It's the weaker link of a chain kind of idea where the chain will likely break at its weakest link when force is applied to it. 
So supply chain leaders really need to be assessing and encouraging their teams to speak up about their weaknesses and looking for technologies to fix those. Forward-thinking supply chain leaders we're seeing and hearing are assessing their team's skill and talent levels now and working to define educational and training plans to help improve their team's skills. Leaders should set the expectation that career-long learning is an expectation and a must in today's rapidly evolving environment. And as a part of that same issue, supply chain team professionals need to understand that once you get out of school with a degree, that isn't the end of learning. They can never be done learning and need to continually keep up with the latest methods and technologies in whatever role they play, whether it's planning, operations, logistics, or any other. And last, I think supply chain leaders have a tremendous opportunity to perform after action reviews or call them postmortems to learn from the recent pandemic effects in their supply lines and to use those learnings from the pandemic to showcase their supply chain weaknesses to their C-level executives or peers in their organizations. They could use these facts and the results from their wins or losses as they've fought the pandemic effects to build effective business cases for investment so they can upgrade systems or technologies or even redefine and redesign their supply chains to deliver better, more effective value to their customers. Earlier, you mentioned only 30 to 40% of teams were using digital technologies to monitor supplier, manufacturing, and or logistic disruptions most or all of the time. It sounds like there's a huge need for learning and upskilling in these areas. Where can people look to for opportunities to develop themselves and their teams? My great question. There are lots of places to get connected for supply chain events, uh, learning opportunities, and even problem solutions. The challenge is really finding unbiased ones that aren't always trying to sell you something. For supply chain issues in education, I always start with industry associations, such as the Association for Supply Chain Management. They used to be APICs who had supply chain certifications in planning and, and inventory management. The Institute for Supply Management, the Council for Supply Chain Management Professionals, CSCMP, they're called, and even our own Supply Chain Institute here at the Lubar School of Business at UWM. These organizations allow companies to participate, interact, stay abreast of industry updates for supply chain issues, and they encourage professional development and other organizational knowledge sharing. Our SCMI partners tell us they like the chance to interact with other supply chain leaders and professionals to share approaches, to learn what's worked or what hasn't worked so they spend less time reinventing the wheel. I also personally like supply chain oriented publications such as Supply Chain Brain. They give great broad supply chain coverage. Other supply chain journals, and there are many, cover many detailed specific areas of supply chain and planning, logistics or manufacturing operations. And there are consulting groups like the Gartner Group or Deloitte or MHI, the Material Handling Institute, that are consulting organizations that routinely publish surveys and research papers on evolving trends. So leaders and professionals can see what's coming and see what others are doing who may be a step ahead of them in developing their capabilities. There are just many supply chain company and technology providers who also routinely publish case studies. All of these are great ways to stay connected and up to date with developments. And my personal experience is I find if you connect to two or three of these, you tend to then get connected to many more as it's a it's much like a fraternity where the connections are broad. And as your name gets out there in two or three or four locations and with groups, others find you for other applications. The challenge then becomes sorting through all that information to make the best sense of what 
is pertinent and relevant to your organization's needs and challenges. That's a great list of resources. Thank you. Sometimes people forget that everyone is part of many supply chains, personally and professionally. What are some pieces of advice everyone can do to help the supply chains they are stakeholders in? Boy, I like that question. As I mentioned earlier, supply chain disruptions happen every day. We were just getting past the pandemic and a large container ship gets stuck in the Suez Canal and $1 chips and semiconductor devices are now shutting down automotive plants. I mean, these disruptions occur every day and every week in supply chain. Some are small and localized, but others are immense and globally impacting uh, and they run the gamut. As advice, I'd offer these thoughts. First of all, and I've already talked a little about this, to supply chain leaders and teams, I would suggest spending quality time assessing on a periodic basis an organization's key supply lines, and especially recently asking, what failures did we see during the pandemic? And how can we deliver better value to our customer with less waste and effort? What needs to happen for us to do that? And which available and proven technologies can we adopt or adapt most effectively to help us improve? I saw an intriguing digital consciousness survey just last week from the Material Handling Institute, MHI and Deloitte. This survey is helping executives assess their organizations in five key areas, such as leadership, team talent, customer engagement, and technology and innovation. And to help them evaluate how best to improve and build a customized plan for their organization to better be aware of and implement technologies to make their supply chains more effective and efficient and to redesign the supply chain organization's practices. We've experienced a lot during the last year from pandemic effects, and we need to leverage those learnings to make our supply chains better, using technologies to improve productivity, delivery times, and even lowering costs for customers. There's an old adage that says, uh, never waste a good crisis. So what I'm encouraging our supply partners to do is learn and drive effective change from the reason, from all the pain we've experienced and lived through and really use that as a leverage and springboard for making supply chain improvements for the future. For consumers and the rest of us, this kind of hits home to you and me and, and everyone else, I hope. It's a, it's a little harder. There's a supply chain simulation that many supply chain professionals play during their school years called the beer game. It was developed by MIT and it teaches the concept of the bullwhip effect. In, in the bullwhip, demand variability in a supply chain gets amplified sometimes very wildly by the emotional responses of people working and participating in that supply chain. So when people saw shortages of toilet paper and bottled water and cleaning products or ketchup, as you've talked, as you mentioned recently, it's because sometimes people have overreacted and started overbuying and hoarding when they sense that products might be in short supply. And those overreactions then spike the demand for a given product or service. Many times at the same time that the supply chain is compromised by the disruption and the supply chain providers are working to get past those. And so many of us in supply chain are now realizing that we are all connected. And what one of us does many times ripples and affects many others in ways we often can't even see. And this is difficult and, and even happens to those of us who work and study this phenomenon because we fall prey to it as human beings. It's a human emotion and behavior trait. I would only suggest that as consumers, we try to be mindful that emotional responses can snap the bullwhip and amplify these demand variabilities and make things worse for, for ourselves and others uh, when maybe we can not do so in, in, to a greater degree. 
that might help us behave more logically than emotionally in, in times of challenge like this. And by doing so, we can minimize these bullwhip and, and demand variability snaps to trusted supply chain partners, making times even more challenging for them. I guess those are the things that I would leave to, uh, to both supply chain leaders and teams as advice and to uh, those of us who are consumers and buyers of products and services. Sounds like some sage advice. Jeff, thank you so much for talking with me today about supply chain resilience. I'd like to take a quick moment and thank everyone for listening. We wish you the best of luck as you move forward on your leadership journey. Please subscribe to our podcast and check back regularly for additional episodes.